Jess. And I'm Heidi. And welcome to another episode of Betty Squared. Today we are looking at chapter 108, Ex Liberis. Am I saying that right? Liberis? Liberi? Ex Liberis? I don't know Latin. So I didn't actually know what this meant, so I'm like, I'm guaranteeing you I'm not saying it correctly, but I did look it up because I was like, I would love to know what this actually means. And it completely 100% correlates to this episode. Um, So for anyone that doesn't know what it means, uh, the internet, probably Wikipedia, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, I can't remember, said uh, ex libris is used as an inscription on a book plate to show the name of the book's owner. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So like when you write your name in, you know, the cover page of the book or whatever, that that is... Ex liberis, that is a Latin term hmm. meaning that you're basically inscribing your name in the book. Okay, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Ownership of books. That's Ownership this of books. Entire episode, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. So um, I don't have a super huge amount of notes, probably because this episode actually aired a couple of weeks ago. I did rewatch it last night just to make sure that I was, you know, up to speed on things and fell asleep halfway through. So <laughs> I don't have a super amount of notes, but um, it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was a good episode. I, I called very early that the collecting of everyone's items was some witchy shit and i was i was right and i felt very good about that um i was like this is not like this is really bad that you're that he's taking these all these specific items from all of you um and that ended up being true but yeah overall i liked it i have a a decent amount of notes um so yeah where do you want to start just go chronologically yeah yeah my first note is Babies aren't a fix for your life issues, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> similarly, 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 sim- wow, that word is, I don't like that it's word. Weird. Likewise, my first note is that they, uh, yeah, we're not pregnant, so, Ooh, which I you. think, yeah, because we got to get <sighs> Betty and Jughead back together, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's going to happen. I just... But Tabitha, I really like her, and I want Tabitha, her to be happy. She's going to be happy. If they screw over Tabitha, I will sue. <laughs> I'll sue. I don't know who I'll sue, or how, or with what money, but I'll do it. It's going to have to be a very like amicable breakup, you know, where she's yeah. like, I've had this amazing opportunity, and Jughead, I love you. I've always wanted to be with you, but like, I've got to do this for the family. And like, that's how it'll be. I don't yeah. think it'll be like she dies or they have some catastrophic blowout or anything like that. Oh, God. What if she what? did die? What if she died instead of Jug? Because Jug is meant to die. Oh, what if she I'd- sacrifices herself for Jug? I would hate that. It'd be really I, bad. I would hate that. I don't like that at all. I just got scared that it could happen. I don't know. Hopefully not. Oh. Fingers crossed that that's not the not the fate of our tab tab. Oh, I hope not because I really like her. She makes the show so much better. But she wasn't even in this episode, and and you could feel the difference. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't there. <laughs> definitely feel it. Also, why is she in Albany? having pops declared a historical 
landmark. Is that is that where you have historical landmarks? I think Albany is the capital of New York. I could be super wrong. I have a feeling it is, though. Let me look. Uh, okay. Um, but I think it's... So then she would go to the Capitol, probably like the Capitol building, and, you know, go to the government buildings that would be in Albany, New York. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that just... That confused me. I wasn't quite sure why she would be in Albany, but here we go. Is it Albany or Albany? I think it's Albany. I'm not sure. I'm sure someone from New York would be able to tell us specifics, but it it is the capital of New York. So that's definitely why, because since Albany's the, um, it doesn't even sound like a word anymore. Um, No. (laughs) Since uh, it's the capital, she'd probably go to the Capitol building and that's where the government's kind of stuff behind making something historical would be. Understood. Understood. Okay. All right. Well, Moving on from how awesome Tabitha is and how we just don't deserve her. Yeah. So Jughead is constantly narrating Riverdale. This has been the this has been the thing from the beginning. Um yeah. and in this particular episode I caught that we saw him writing on his laptop the story that he's narrating. Yeah. When's when's that book coming out? Because that is a book that I've been would writing be- for so long. Yeah, and I'm wondering now that they've uh, announced that they're finishing up at the end of um, Season 7, I'm wondering if it will be, like, that will be Riverdale's, like, infamy, that he'll publish these books that he's always been writing slash narrating the series with, because I'm into that. He did technically already publish a book about their high school adventures. So maybe, maybe the, you know, first couple seasons that he was like narrating, maybe that's the book that he already published. But then this could be a, the second, you know, one that he publishes because he did write that book about everyone. So. Right, right, right. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. It was just this like random thought that popped into my head at 10 o'clock at night when I was rewatching this episode. And I was like, where's that book? I would read that book. You know, he he talks about writing, you know, books of fiction, nonfiction, etc. You know, that he's always like got writer's block and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but hold up. The book that you're writing about Riverdale, that's your book. Like, let's get that out to the world. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very like... It's a very meta experience, and as you know, Heidi, I've been recovering from the flu, and I'm still not 100%, so in my delirium, these are the thoughts that, you know, <laughs> that yes. I have. No, totally, and it was it was weird this episode. I noticed the same thing. I was like, we don't usually see him writing exactly what he's thinking in the moment. It's just, like, his narration through, which is, like, unclear if it's, like, the, like, the actual narrator jughead which not to go back to like the alternate universe thing but it's like this light alternate character in regular riverdale or if it's jughead writing and this was like oh he's writing it and it was just this confirmation of like oh okay so he this is the narration is Mm. what he's writing the whole time right we haven't really had that before no no yeah i liked it i liked it i was like but baby, you don't have writer's block. This is this is your story. Yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're doing it right now. Goodness. 
to go to uh, Veronica and and I was about to call him Fangs, Reggie. Oh, there's a combination we haven't seen before. Oh, that would be weird and not that right would be so, so weird. Ways. Yeah. Um, but to go to to Reggie uh, and Veronica, I was like, oh, okay, so not the mature breakup that we kind of did less. Like, let's just retcon all of the like mature conversation that they kind of had last time and they're just gonna be shitty (laughs) yeah and i mean it's interesting because i was watching i was reading this article online the other day about uh characters that either got too much hate or didn't get enough hate um Mm. you know throughout you know, different TV series and things like that. And they were talking about how much hate that Archie gets. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, it's so not deserved. And I'm like, he's literally the worst. It, it is deserved. Worst. And it then is. They, they were also talking about the hate that Reggie gets and that he oh. doesn't necessarily deserve. No, wait. Archie gets the hate but doesn't deserve it. Reggie doesn't mm. get enough hate. And I was like, mm. I think Reggie has done the best he possibly can with the upbringing that he has. Yes, he has made some really shitty, really dodgy choices, you know, in life and and all of that. But, like, what choices has he had? And also, he's grown the most out of anybody since the beginning. Like, he was a shitty jock bully, you know, at the beginning of the series. Like, messing with Jughead, messing with Archie, like all of that stuff and he's grown the most he doesn't do that to people anymore like he doesn't hurt people in right. like physically anymore which is huge for someone who came from that cycle of abuse and he and he really has grown he's stupid as this episode shows <laughs> but he's like so dumb but and he makes poor choices still but he's def- he's definitely like the person who's grown the most out of everybody in the show, I think. Mm. Mm. I don't think he really deserves much hate. Especially because I'm just like, any hate that I can put to Reggie is the choice of the writers. It's not actually necessarily an in-character choice that right. makes sense for Reggie. They just dumb him down. We know he's not stupid, but they dumb him down so that he like makes these dumb choices, like in this episode. I know, I... I like him. I've never really had an issue with him. You know, the high school years of him being a jock and a bully and stuff. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah. that's that's your stereotypical high school experience. But I look at how he has pulled himself out from years and years of physical abuse at the hands of his father to rescuing his father's business when his father gambled it away to looking after his dad's health to you know coming up with these different um different you know uh plans and business ideas and 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 stuff like that and and then having the 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 maturity to be like i deserve better than this relationship you don't make me a better person, so I'm walking away. Yes, the way that they ended things was a bit childish, but yeah, I I kind of like him. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah, but anyway, interesting. Anyway. Interesting, but um, I did have a question about the Reggie storyline because – I was a little confused and I yeah. I could have researched it better than I did but 
So his book is taken away by Percival and it's a it's a workbook to help kids with dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Stop me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but how can a kid with dyslexia read a book that's going to help <laughs> him not have dyslexia? I'm, I'm not quite sure I know enough about dyslexia. Um, one girl I went to college with had it. And I remember in order to, to help her, she had to put like this red, um, like gel or this red, like plastic cellophane thing over anything she read. And then she was fine. She could read it like that somehow helped translate it properly into her brain. But how can a workbook for kids with dyslexia help with dyslexia? I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. I mean, what I know about dyslexia is my, uh, my uncle has dyslexia. And I know that like the way that, and this was back, you know, in the like probably 60s 70s when you know this happened for him so it's probably changed a lot since then but um you know he had to like go to a special school like he had to get special teachers and like things like that to work through this dyslexia so in theory i suppose like a a workbook could assist someone who has dyslexia um in giving them practices and and things like that but it's definitely not something it would be something that would be really difficult to handle on your own as a kid and would make you again feel like really uh, for lack of a better term stupid you know compared to your friends if you're working mm-hmm. through that all by yourself uh, and i think you're right i think a i think a workbook like that would only be so helpful without the guidance of like a coach or teacher who understands what you're going through and and can assist you in that way and give you more tools to to work through it it's yeah i don't i think you're right i think a workbook just that a kid goes uses on his own is only going to be so helpful yeah because um not gonna like fix it right and stop me if I'm wrong, dyslexia is basically your brain doesn't interpret the words in the right order, correct? Yeah, you like switch letters around and it just looks kind of like confusing on the page from what I know of it. Yeah, um, I, I'm not dyslexic, so I, I don't know like firsthand how that works, but that that was my understanding of it. But yeah, it yes. it confused me. It confused yeah. me that this workbook would be something that helped a kid with dyslexia when the whole idea of dyslexia is that words on paper don't make sense um anyway just an issue that i had um yeah if anybody out there can offer a better explanation if if something like this does exist and does actually help kids i'd love to hear about it um but yeah it's a bit weird it, it did it did but they had to somehow fit him into the story so (laughs) yes and yeah, yeah, I'm mean, just very weird. And that it like came back in the way that it did. Yeah, it was, it was just weird. Mm. But um, one one thing I did notice with this episode, and and tell me if you had the same thing. Again, I was half mm-hmm. asleep when I was watching this, so my brain processed things very, very differently than it normally would. Also, yeah. again, recovering from the flu. So I had taken some NyQuil. So I was on another, <laughs> I was on another planet. Um, <laughs> I felt like a lot of action this episode happened before our opening titles. Like to yeah. the point where the opening titles popped up and I went, wait, what? 
are we just starting this episode? Because I feel like we got so much so quickly. And then I was like, oh, crap. Okay. Yeah, they did that again, where it was a long, it was a long cold open, uh, you could call it, to then get to the titles. They do it occasionally. I, I wonder what the full, like, thought process is behind that and how they decide when to put the title. I'd be curious to know because I'm not totally sure. It's not totally clear. I think the I think they do generally choose the right time to like throw that in there, but but yeah, it's not it's not completely clear the reasoning. Yeah, I I've never gone and timed it. You know, like I've never I've never been like okay, it's five minutes. It does always fall before the first commercial break. When it's when it's um, aired on on national TV, uh, yeah. not on like you know cable or um, or streaming. you know a streaming service or whatever, um, it seems to me like it's it's similar, give or take mm-hmm. maybe a minute or thirty seconds or so. Um, it feels like it falls in around the five minute mark, but yeah, just again for this particular episode, I felt like. They they laid so much groundwork that when those opening titles popped up, I was like, oh, holy crap. I forgot we hadn't, like, (laughs) so much going on. Just started. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just an observation um, from your girl high on uh, NyQuil. (laughs) (laughs) I was so frustrated. And I think it was that opening sequence that you're talking about. So, still referring back to that. Throughout, like, every single visit that they had where they were, you know, trying to collect the books and stuff, Kevin's just there in the background, stone-faced, holding a, like, in uniform. And I'm just like, what the fuck, Kevin? These are your friends. What are you doing? Like, it's so frustrating. I feel like if Kevin wasn't a gay character, he and Alice need to get together because they make the worst decisions yeah. about everything. Um, that's horrifying uh, to think of Alice and, um, <laughs> and, Kevin. Alice and Kevin as a couple. That's horrifying. But they are the two that just always get sucked into this bullshit. And it's like, God, I understand that like cults and, and manipulative people, like, they are really good at finding those people that have those weaknesses, but it's just like, when will they learn their fucking lessons? And like, I know I can't completely blame Alice for the unhinged decision to give this man her daughter's childhood journal. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was man. that was so stupid. That was so dumb. And like, then on the she- phone, she's just like, and I'm making food this. Like you dumb bitch, get the fuck out of here! Like, oh my god, and I can't. I and it's hard because right now, like, we can't fully blame her because he could have just been like, "Give, give me, me this," yeah, and and you know she would have fallen for it. But it's like, god fucking damn, she's so dumb, <sighs> and that's the thing. I <sighs> she <sighs> Kevin and Alice. I, I, I think I might – no, actually, I was about to say I think I hate them more than I hate Archie. I don't. I think that the writers yeah. don't know how to write for those two characters. No, they really don't. They really, really don't. Which is wild, too, because imagine 
directs multiple, like, she directs many episodes. Yeah. So you would think she would have a pull in being, like, or maybe she likes it. Because it is a fun thing to, like, do, to, like, just be, like, fucking unhinged. Like, that as, like, an actor is, like, fun. But, like, also, like, what a disservice (laughs) to your character. Like, I don't know. I would... Maybe she doesn't care, though. I don't know. It's just fucking wild. Just wild. It... I... I can't... I just... (sighs) Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, there's, like, nothing to say further than that. Because it's just, like, Jesus... I was curious, what did you think of, other than the, like, questionable dyslexia book for mm. Reggie, what did you think of all the books for everybody else? Like, the the significance of, of the book that, per person? There were a couple where I was like, okay, <laughs> a little on the nose there. <clears throat> like, Flowers in the Attic for Cheryl. I was like, do you know that book? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. But that was like a book she and Heather read together. I'm sorry. What? What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so for weird. anybody listening that does not know the story of Flowers in the Attic, um, they actually did a Lifetime movie, which wasn't too bad. Um, and you you do feel for these kids, but it yes. deals with incest Incest. and that that is the that is the big thing like when you when you talk about flowers in the attic everyone's like like no one no one is like oh this mother did this awful thing and these poor kids who had no choice but to bond together fell in fell in love like it's it's really super uncomfortable but you can overlook that part because of the trauma that was caused to them but yeah yeah, there's been what choice did they have yeah right exactly what choice did they have um and the the whole uh the whole idea that cheryl and jason like they've they've said stuff about the two of them you know being a but little weird been, yeah they've always been like weirdly close right that was like the idea around them but there was never any and especially with cheryl being gay like there's never any support that like they were romantic like romantic <laughs> never goes that far so it was a little like okay i guess there's not yeah. a lot of um well that's not true i'm like couldn't they have done like a queer lip book like a like woman loving woman book for her and Heather. Like, what if it was like Carmilla, like that vampire, which is a vampire romance novel about a female vampire and a female human, um, which it was also made into a really great web series. If anybody wants to check that out, if you don't already know it, it's fantastic. Um, but like, th- they could have done like a, a a queer female romance for her and Heather to like have been about because that's what they did for. Um, for Kevin, Lord of the Flies is like very has you know very major queer undertones, and mm. you know is one of those books that's like stereotypical for like young gay men. Um, so it's like, why did they choose Flowers in the Attic? I get because of the twincest like thing, but like that's not really. I don't know, but the book choices in general, I thought were were mostly like. Made sense. Made I sense. don't know Veronica's book at all. I don't remember the what it was. Kiss called. of the Spider Woman. Yes. Yeah, I know it. Um, I it, it's very foreshadowing. 
It's yeah. it's basically, yeah, this woman, you know, um, let me get the actual synopsis. I haven't read it, but I know of it. And it's it's very much this like femme fatale. Um mm-hmm. Kiss of the Spider Woman. It was also a play. Uh, sorry, not a play, a Ooh. movie. Um Probably a play too. Who knows? Probably. Oh, this is the synopsis of the film. Um, oh, it's available on Amazon Prime if anybody wants to check it out. Let me check cool. to see if it was actually a book. Um, book. Oh, yes, here it is. Okay. Kiss of a Spider Woman. It's a Spanish book. Okay. Is a oh, ni- that makes sense too. Perfect. Yeah, for because, her. yeah. 1976 novel by Argentine writer Manuel I'm definitely saying that wrong. It depicts the daily conversations between two cellmates in an Argentine prison, Molina and Valentin, and the intimate bond they form in the process. It's generally considered the writer's most successful work. It was originally published in Spanish. Um... Does make sense, too. Adapted into a stage play in 83 and then became a movie. See, I knew it. Ah. But I, well, I actually thought it was about a femme fatale that kind of killed... Well, are the, in- are the inmates female or are they men? I don't know. They're very gender-neutral names. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes sense either way. Like, the title's very specific to what happens with Veronica. And then the inmate thing like it being about people in jail makes sense for veronica when she was in high school because her dad was in jail for that first season and and stuff like that so i could totally understand her getting that book you know um when like especially like the first year the first season that it makes sense right right um but it's, you know, it's foreshadowing in the sense of, like, the spiders and, you yes. know, Veronica's power. <sighs> Which, you know. I mean, could have called that. Could have called that. Makes sense. Makes because sense. Because that girl loves being intimate, so it makes sense that her superpower would almost be her, like, anti-power. Yeah. And, and very rogue of her. Very, very rogue from X. Yes. Yes, yes, um, yes. I I did think, like, especially after the conversation she had with Reggie, where he specifically says, you're going to go call up Arnaldo, and then you're going to just do the same thing you've always been doing. And then she did do that. I feel like she would have enough awareness. Like, if that was me, like, and I, if I was Veronica, and that, and that conversation happened, I feel like I would be more hesitant to call up Arnaldo, like, I don't think I would have yeah. called him up so quickly. I get that she, like, it was a plot device to get to her power and stuff like that, but, like. Yeah, it was, it was a bit. It was weird. Like, I know when somebody's like, oh, yeah, you can't do this. I will go out of my way to prove that I can. <laughs> True. You know True. what I mean? So, yeah, it was it was the same thing where we've never seen any kind of flirtation between the two of them. And then no. Reggie's like, you're going to call up Hernaldo. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then she's like, oh, this is just what I needed. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it maybe was bizarre. there's. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It was just a means to an end, though. Poor Arnold, though. He's gone. I now. know. And who's gonna <laughs> look after her? Uh... Her abuela. Yeah. Poor Eek. thing. Um. Okay, but going back a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. The items that they all gave and stuff like that. Cheryl with the trunk. I thought Jason was given a Viking funeral. Why is he in the trunk? Or was it that she was having flashbacks to when um, he was in the trunk? Because I wasn't sure about that either. I was like, wait, Jason's still in the trunk? It seemed like he was in the trunk because um, Percival said, too, I'll take the trunk and its contents. Like, he knew what was already in there. And he's like, I'll take care of your brother or whatever. He, like, said something like that. So it seemed like he was in there. But I feel like it's a continuity error. Because I'm pretty sure, like, they really got rid of Jason. (laughs) Like, they really, like, did it eventually. But I feel like... Because last I remember is that they gave him a Viking funeral after they kept him, like... After she kept him, like, puppeteered him, like, in the house for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Jason. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't think he was still in the box either, but... No. But I guess he was. But it was, it was really weird. I mean, this show is this show is continuity error after continuity error, so... True. This doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no. So weird. So, so weird. Um, do we think that um, Percival is a warlock? No. Who the fuck is this guy? No, no you don't think he's a warlock. No, I think he's a demon. You think he's a demon too? Okay. Yes. Or in the in the words of Ed and Lorraine Warren, <clears throat> excuse me, an inhumane spirit. Oh, oh, oh. He's too yeah, powerful. Definitely. He is, yeah, to be like, but he do, he he does do like magic magic as well. Right, but like demons do that, right? Like if if supernatural the T- the TV s- series uh that taught us up, anything. Uh, yeah, that taught us anything. It's that like I remember in season 1 um the character of Meg who was a demon who was possessing a human. She had to like conjure up another demon and she used like an incantation and a blood ritual True. to do that. So yeah. I imagine Demons aren't just like snappy, snappy, poof, here's well, this thing that I need. They need to summon what they need, right? Yeah, he doesn't just make, he has like things behind his he powers has abilities, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And I wonder too, it makes me wonder just like, not that we're going to get any of these answers, but it makes me wonder <laughs> like um, where he started because it's not super often that, that people just begin as full fledged demons or evil entities in shows usually they're human first and then something happens so maybe it calls back to back when he was at some point maybe a human and he Mm -hmm. was a warlock then and then it and then you know yeah we'll see i guess but yeah i was just like what the fuck is happening with all of a sudden we're seeing him do incantations and, and magic and lighting candles and uh, I just thought that was interesting that that kind of change, but I'm down for it. It was cool. I'm gonna do it. 
let's do it. I'm just down for whatever now, I guess. Riverdale, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It sure yeah. is. Yeah. Uh well, um just to segue and go back to Veronica for a minute cuz I'm just looking at my notes and I I missed it. Uh The Strand Bookstore in New York. <laughs> Okay. I made a note about that too. Why would why would there be a first edition or whatever the specific edition at the Strand? Get out of here! No. Okay. So, as somebody who used to live in New York, who loved the Strand bookstore, yes, I, I was the, all the time. Yeah, me too. I was there a lot. Now, I do know they do keep first editions on the very top floor. Um, you and you need like special permission to go up there. I've been up there twice because there was a book that I wanted and they had it and I just couldn't bring myself to buying it because it was just too expensive. Mm. Um, but they do have first editions, but like, okay. uh, my exact notes were the strand in New York used to be my favorite bookstore when I lived there. Veronica name dropping it has made me never want to go there ever again. <laughs> also, it's just like, Veronica doesn't shop at the Strand. No. She just doesn't. She just doesn't. And I'm sorry, you get a first edition on, like, eBay or even maybe Amazon. Like, because Amazon have a really good uh, range of um, uh, used books. I I used to get a whole bunch of books on on Amazon. And then I was like, hey, books are heavy and books are expensive, so I'm just going to switch to the library. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? Like, oh. She doesn't shop at the Strand. I'm she sorry. does She's not. She's just not shopping at the Strand. Also, don't make Smithers your poor doorman look for it. You fucking lost the book. Get on the internet and find a first edition. I am sure if I go onto the internet right now and look up first edition Kiss of the Spider Woman, something somewhere would pop up. Like it's it's yeah. not it's not rocket science. You're not going to find this book in Riverdale. You dumb fuck. Ugh, <laughs> hate her. Yeah. <clears throat> Just Veronica being, you know, rich. <laughs> Ugh. So That's what as, it is. as you know, I was on vacation last week and I went on a bit of a spooky tour and ended up in Fall River where uh Lizzie Borden was from. And um I went on the tour of the Lizzie Borden house yesterday before I flew home and they were talking about like after the crimes and everything like that she moved to a very prominent area of Fall River known as the Hill and um she bought an eight-bedroom mansion which is now named Maplecroft but our tour guide was telling us that back in the day it was so insanely pompous and so much of a middle finger to name your mansion and then furthermore she had the name of the mansion like embossed or embedded in the stone steps leading up to the house and apparently like that it was just not done like that was such a brag of wealth um and considering you know she was completely ostracized for her quote-unquote involvement in her parents murder like people were like that's disgusting that is how I felt about Veronica being like, <laughs> being like, oh, Smithers, and go fetch finding this. a first edition. No, bitch, go find it yourself, you lazy, hu- you lazy bo- a botch. Yeah, you lazy botch. Yeah. Anyway, bitch. botch, bitch. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about that. No, definitely. Um, 
That's so funny about, gosh, I just love the story of Leslie Borden. And I find it all very interesting. But it's so funny, the, the hypocrisy of her being ostracized, but then also being found not guilty of the, cr- of the crimes. Like, mm. the, like, there's like a hypocrisy there. It's like, if you thought that she was innocent, then why are you ostracizing her? Like, it right. doesn't quite make sense. But, no. um, but yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, Veronica sucks. Um, <laughs> my, next, my next note is Shara's little pink outfit is so cute. I just thought I it was really adorable. Liked, I really liked it too. Now we see her in a lot, a lot of red. It's been yeah. a while since we've seen her in anything pink. Yeah, it has been. It was just like a cute little, cute little fit. I liked it. Yeah, agreed. I did too. Um, it did do something weird. I don't know if you noticed when, you know, she heard the laughing and everything like that. And then she went into the bedroom and like somebody was like sitting under the covers. When she leant over to pull the the bed sheet back, the, the fabric of that outfit that she was wearing kind of almost looked knitted. It, yeah. it wasn't like a cotton or anything. So when she leant forward, it gave her, it looked like a little tail. The outfit just oh. kind of like peaked and it looked weird. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, okay, um, weird, but sure. Yeah. Very funny. I also thought it was so weird that like giggling children and then a figure sitting on my bed under a blanket, she went, Heather? <laughs> I know. What? I thought it was weird too. <laughs> what the fuck are you? What do you mean? We have no context around Heather. To give to make that make any sense at all? No, no. I mean, maybe is that what they used to do? They used to sit under the blanket together and read books. I M- maybe, but they should have maybe given us some context. Like Jesus, that was yeah. just weird and creepy. It was. It was very unusual. So fucking weird. Um, but jeez, <laughs> when <laughs> when uh, Percival sets up his shop to have the cello there for Archie when he comes to break in because he's just one step ahead of everybody and he knows what everybody's gonna do. Uh, um, also, like, then, why did Archie do that? You fucking idiot. So stupid. And then why did he take the cello? Then you're just proving that you did what he exactly what he thought you were gonna do. I would leave the cello there. Like, I would not take it. Whatever. But, uh. and then it cuts to... <laughs> Cuts to Percival sitting and playing the gu- Archie's guitar like a cello. It's just like, that's oh, not was... how you play. A, no, a he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing the guitar like a cello. That was the guitar. That was the guitar because it was like it must have been his like the magic. Like I'm like using Archie's device to fuck with him thing or whatever. Oh. But I was like, that's so stupid. I didn't realize that at. Oh, I thought he was just playing a cello and channeling the weirdness. That's hysterical. No. I now want to go back weird. and watch that just for that part. That's yeah, really funny. Super weird. Um, the uh, hand nail thing. I cannot believe they oh. showed. I cannot believe they yeah. showed the nail. Yeah, that, I I turned away I when I watched away. that part. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, was like, was, how is this okay? <laughs> It was really, really gross. Also, as somebody who has had eczema, eczema doesn't make your nails fall off. Yeah. Well, obviously, that was like just a, like, um, makes me think of a 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes me think of um. God, what is that movie? Black Swan. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah, sure do. Lots of horror movie tricks in this one, which is interesting. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little spooky. It was a little, uh, a little disconcerting. Spooky. But yeah, the yeah. same. The nail. I don't know what it is about nails, but yeah, nails no. coming off. Blah, 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 blah. That one episode of Supernatural where they're getting tortured by the like old people. Yeah, the Ooh. Christmas special. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I turn away. Nails are the one thing that I'm like, can't do it. Nails and eyeballs. <laughs> eyeballs eyeballs don't bother me. Nails, oh, I definitely. can't do it. Eyeballs bug me. Um, oh, goodness. But yeah. And I, I enjoyed this, like, I didn't enjoy the nail thing, but I enjoyed the, like, spooky kind of stuff. The, like, uh, Betty seeing her dad and then it's not her dad and the, yes. the um... Just, like, the haunting of it overall was cool. I did – I was disappointed. I was – I was both – I was not satisfied by the Miss Grundy no. situation overall. I'm glad at least that Betty called out, like, we didn't have the word for it back then. But now we know that yes. she was grooming you. Yes, because I'm glad- – that never came up, even when their relationship no. was outed. No one ever was like, this is a bad thing, and this should not have happened. They kind of skirted over it. So, yeah. The parents I- did, but it made it seem like the parents were just, like, ass, like assholes. And, like, yeah. you know. But I wish we had – I wish there was a scene from Archie. Like, we got him being – angry and he destroyed the cello i wish that after the scene with him and betty where she's like she was grooming you there was a scene where he was confronted by the miss grundy ghost thing again and we could hear him actually say like what you did to me was wrong and yeah you messed me up and because in theory she took his virginity right right yeah he was 15 and also, um, I didn't make the connection that the reason he stopped with the music was because of her and the trauma that that caused. So I wish they had addressed it a little bit more, but I'm yeah. glad that they did address it. Yeah, and it makes more s- – I, I don't think – like, technically, I don't think that that's really the r- reason, or it's at least not the reason that was clear back in the seasons where it happened. No. his music stuff kind of, like – continued on a little bit longer it didn't just end when miss grundy left so i think it definitely is like a retcon of that but it does make sense overall and i wish i i just wish we could have had a moment of like confrontation where like he like dispels the ghost of miss grundy by by addressing her and being like what you did to me was wrong you know i love music and you ruined this for me you know, I'm not going to let you mess up the rest of my life going forward or, or something. There was like something there because he didn't get that moment. And I think it's just really a wasted opportunity to show Agreed. like a male survivor of sexual trauma and sexual assault, you know, addressing it because we just don't see that enough. Yeah, completely and utterly agree. Completely yeah. and utterly. Yeah. Yeah. They um, did like the bare minimum. They did. They they didn't really address it. Um No. And I don't think we're going to see it again. Like, I think this is a bit of a missed opportunity. Totally. 100%. 100%. What What I did think was strange was that they've they've used a different actress again for Miss Grundy. So, yeah. yes, they, um, they showed the flashbacks of the original woman. But this mm-hmm. is the 
This is the second or third time that we've seen a quote-unquote Miss Grundy, and it hasn't been the original actress. And I wonder why. I don't know the name of the original actress. I know they... Riverdale is shot out of Canada, and I'm currently listening to this podcast on the TV series Supernatural um, called Supernatural Then and Now, and mm-hmm. it's it's actually hosted by two of the guys that were on Supernatural and directed a bunch of Supernatural episodes, and they go episode by episode and interview people who were involved. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting from a filmmaker's point of view as well because they talk about auditioning people out of California and then flying them to Vancouver to film. So my thought is that this actress that was the original Miss Grundy is Californian based or American based. And Mm -hmm. for the, the very little that they have her in this episode and in the last episode where we saw Miss Grundy, it's not worth flying her out and they've just used a, a local, Mm -hmm. but with that same token, Lachlan Munro, who plays um, Betty's dad, Hal, yeah, he he came he back. Is, he's an American-based actor, so they're obviously flying him out. But granted, he did have more screen time this episode, and mm-hmm. they also he is more of an iconic character versus her. But it it just looks weird. I don't like that they don't use the same actress. Yeah, I was while you were talking, I did some I did some searching on her. And, you know, one of my theories before was like, oh, maybe she looks really different. And she like doesn't like look the same enough anymore. So like bringing her back when it makes sense. But she does look the same. I found her um, Instagram. Uh, her name's Sarah Habble. Um, and does then it I say whether she's American or Canadian. Um, I looked it up and the it doesn't exactly say like. It, there's references to Alta Denna on her Instagram. And, you know, one of them is like this post that's like, um, has it like in a heart and then her caption. Uh, and it's like this little picture of uh, where she lives, I assume, Alta Denna. Um, and underneath she says the happiest place on earth. Um, so I'm assuming that that's where she's living. And that's in LA. Um, so she does live in California. She is LA based. Um, and she okay. looks exactly the same. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe, maybe she's not acting anymore. Maybe her, maybe she has commitments that make it so she can't go, but she's, yeah, she's in California. She looks the same. I don't really see why they couldn't, unless she maybe just doesn't want to or has commitments that conflict. Doesn't necessarily look like she's an actor anymore. Okay. So maybe she doesn't post about it. Maybe this was kind of her swan song back in the day, but yeah, it's just, it's so odd. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, it's really weird. I'm looking at her IMDb. Oh, she's so tiny. She's 5'2", tiny thing. I mean, she's very petite anyway, so that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I just, I wish we could just have her. It just doesn't Yeah, she hasn't done anything... It doesn't look like she's done anything since Riverdale. That's where okay. her IMDb ends. So maybe she's just not acting anymore. Which, you know, fair. Valid. That's, that's totally fine. Um, also, I love on her um, Instagram that Lily follows her. Yes, I, I noticed, noticed that, that too. Yeah, that's I did. adorable. I did that. That's adorable. Cutie. Keeping it okay. in the fam. But well, yeah. Maybe. For whatever just- reason. 
let's just assume she's no longer acting, which is a yeah. shame because she made us all feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> she did her job well. She really did. She, she certainly did. She certainly did. Well, moving on, um, there was a strange acting choice made by Madeline that I wanted to talk about. So... Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the episode when, you know, our heroes are all sitting around at, at Thornhill and they're talking and stuff and, you know, um, uh, Cheryl's talking about, you know, witchcraft and rituals and the, the research she'd done because apparently now she's a witch. Um, there was a really strange acting choice that she did. So she kind of had this monologue section where she was talking to everybody in the group and she delivered like 90% of that monologue to the ground. Oh, interesting. It was really strange because it was a note that I used to get when I was in college when we'd come to film classes that, you know, as we talk, we look around. Like even now I'm looking around the room that I'm recording in and then I look at you and then I look at my phone where my notes are and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but a note that I was given a lot as a student was make sure to keep your eyes up because the the audience doesn't want to just see your eyelids. And it was strange. It was like she wasn't connecting with anybody that was there. She delivered so much of it down. And huh. um, it just seemed like a, a weird choice. And I'm surprised the director didn't correct that. But, you Do know, you think it maybe was- it was a... It could have been a take where she didn't realize she, or not that she didn't realize, but was intended for her not to be the focus in that take. Like they yeah. had a multiple cam. It, that kind of seems like something that would happen for that kind of situation where like camera should be focused on Jughead or should be focused on Archie or like whatever. And she's just producing the line. Correct. Yes. So I also think, well, it, it, it's, it's kind of trifold here. One, she shouldn't have done it. Two, her director should have corrected it. Three, yeah. the editor should have edited around it to get some reaction shots to take away from it. That being yeah. said, Weird. this is this is national TV. It's it's quote unquote sitcom kind of you know, yeah. they they definitely don't shoot this on a single camera kind of deal. Yeah, multicam. Yeah. Multicam. So the turnaround typically is very, very quick. So it's you know, if one person didn't catch it, the other two are likely not to catch it either. Mm, But as an actor, the most important thing that we do is that we constantly stay engaged with everybody else. So what I'm also thinking is maybe she had no focus points. Maybe the others weren't actually there and they had the crew reading in her, uh, in their lines. Yeah. Um, Maybe. So that would have explained why her focus points weren't right. But again, your average Weird. Joe is not going to notice that. It's because I've been in the industry for 16 years that I picked up on it. And yeah. and it's a note as an actor that I've also been given myself. So, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't like it. I was like, no, that's bad. Fix it. But too late. <laughs> too late. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one note, because we, we passed it a little bit. Like the solve for this was that... Jughead was able to track down the books at a book barn in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I have family yes. in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh, I've been to Allentown. It, yeah. Is is it a like a pred, pred like a big town or something? Like is it No. It was just like Is a town. it a place you go for books? I don't know. Not to my awareness. Um, oh, okay. It's just like a town in Pennsylvania. 
thought it was pretty random. It was very random. Yes, I thought so too. Um, also, it kind of looked like he broke into the bookstore. Did oh, you I notice just, that? I thought he just went when it was open. I didn't really think that he well, broke then why, in. Then why were the lights not on? Were the lights not on? I It didn't. No. It, it didn't. Oh, I don't know. It just looked like it was like, it looked normal. <laughs> I don't know. For it, me, it, it looked didn't, normal. It didn't to me. I was like, okay, this is either <laughs> bad lighting or he's broken in. Hmm. I feel like if he broke in, we would have we would have seen more of that. Okay. Probably just bad lighting, unfortunately. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but was very random. Um. Also, just another thing. When they, like, a part of uh, Betty's, like, um, haunting stuff was about her dad. Uh, and realizing, although this is totally just a, um, just, uh, I can't think of the word, uh, just just lack of continuity um, with the writers. Because back when the Black Hood was a thing, the, like, realization around the Black Hood and it being her father was that, like, something triggered him and he snapped. But now they're retconning that, and then he, and then he became the Black Hood. But now they're retconning that, and he was just a serial killer the whole time, which is like yeah. fine, I guess. But anyway, when she's talking about it with the other FBI agent lady, um, whose name I don't know, um, she's like, "Oh, we've been looking at the Black Hood, uh, not the Black Hood, TBK, all wrong. He's a father." And the other FBI agent says, "That's so unlikely. Serial killers aren't usually." Like, don't usually have families. That's not true. That's Correct. super false. I, I know. I was thinking that myself. And I'm like, I, from serial killers that I've, like, looked at their cases, they've all been family men. Mo- like, the one that I can think of that's not a family man, but still is close with his family, like, outside, like, just didn't have his own kids, is Richard Ramirez. He's the one person I can think of. But if you think um, of the original Night Stalker, uh, actual BTK, uh, even um, Ted Bundy, while he didn't have his own kids, had, was living with a child and his and his girlfriend. Yeah. His girlfriend's child. Um, even, like, um, what's his face? Uh, Gacy had a wife. Yeah. And I think yeah, he had I daughters. Uh, I can't remember about Gacy. He definitely had a wife. Um, well, like, yeah, even sure. the Golden State Killer. Yeah, original Night Stalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he had he had kids. Uh, there's so many more that I can think of. The one that I can think of that didn't was Richard Ramirez. Uh, or if you want to talk about, like, Eileen Warnos, like, didn't have children. But she was also a lesbian, so, like. Right. She, I think she did have a kid when she was younger, actually. But she wasn't a mother. Um, because I think the kid they gave the kid away, but yeah, anyway, I can't remember either. Parents. Yeah, well, most a lot of them are parents and have families or have connections in ways that make them a parental figure or a, yeah, a spouse or partner. Yeah, so that but was we we know Riverdale just like to make things up. And um, oh, what's his name? Isaiah? Is it Isaiah? I uh, the really creepy one from Alaska. The What's his face? Keys. Yes, keys. Isaiah. Is it Isaiah Key? Is, no, is, it's not is, Isaiah. Something it's something different. Yeah. Israel. Israel Keys. Israel Keys. Israel Keys had a daughter. Yeah, and a wife. Yeah. Anyway, that just bog. That bothered me. It bothered yeah, me a I lot. know. I I immediately. Well, you and I are, are crime junkies, and like you know, yeah. I immediately was like, mm, 
that's wrong, but okay, Riverdale. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, My last well, note is just now Now Veronica has a power. Yeah. I Well, I think it's an anti-power for her, but it's a power that makes sense because it's a, she's it's so sexually she's, driven. She's the rogue. She's the rogue of the uh, of their X Men team. The one, the yeah. one who has the deadly power, which is funny because, like, well, we did get the um, we did get the scene between Kevin and uh, Percival this yeah, episode. Yeah, I just went ugh. That that was my note on with, that. I kind of figured it would happen at some point. I, I kind didn't. Of, oh, really? No, I, I, I didn't yeah. see it coming at all. Oh really? Percival very much gave off queer vibes. So oh, I, I, like, di- I didn't it. take that at all. I literally oh. was like, "Oh, he's gay." Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but but I bring that up because I was like, "God, if only Veronica could kiss Percival." But it might be a bit harder. He might be into women too. But like, um, if he has something going on with Kevin, not sure how likely he is to kiss her. In general, also he probably already knows about her power, so he wouldn't kiss her anyway. But like, exactly. God, that would solve our issue. She just—I know—like land a good smack on him. Is she just gonna like kiss everybody around? Hopefully not. I, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully don't not, because everybody's gonna die. Well, the only last note that I have is um, when uh, Archie's students were looking at the notebook. The notebook, the yearbook, and we're like sort yeah. of teasing him about it. The the kid that was teasing Archie about it had the most perfectly manicured eyebrows I have ever seen, and I was super jealous. I was like, "Wow, dude, your eyebrows are perfection." I did think that was that was weird, especially because like, and he had a very shiny lip gloss on too. But anyway, oh how funny! <laughs> Good for him. Looks yeah, snatched. Love that. Um, I didn't notice that part of it, but I did think that those scenes were weird. Because if I imagined like a young teacher like Archie, like that sort of thing happening in a, you know back in my school environment, I feel like the teachers would usually be like, "Ha ha, really funny guys," you know, and like play it off and try to be cool, even if it did upset them. But Archie was very much like, "What are you doing?" Because Archie can't. Because Archie sucks. But I also think that so much. But that was obviously very much like a part of like the haunting of Archie yes. was like to bring this yeah these old ghosts up so yeah all I right know. well let's ask the question what would Betty do this episode Betty would be haunted by you know some hidden memories from her childhood that show her who her father was the entire time haunted by the smell of bleach. Um, not pregnant. Very important. I didn't mention that at the beginning, but very, very much not pregnant, which was a relief for her. Yes, my girl. Thank goodness. Um, and then she would, um, you know, deal with the haunting, get a step closer to understanding, uh, TBK a little bit more, even though we know his face and we've seen him before, so I'm not sure exactly... I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with there with that investigation. Um, but yeah, and and then she would dispel the curse by sacrificing her last childhood diary. Goodbye. Goodbye, childhood. Goodbye, childhood. Now nobody can use it against her. Yeah, especially not her mom. 
Oh, she's literally the worst. She the should worst. just move in with Archie. But she then should. like I'm sure I but she then has. like but then like move back when she gets back with Jar- when she gets back with Jughead. Yeah. One hundred percent. They'll find their goodness. own place at that point. They will. They will indeed. All right, friends. Well, on that note, we will love you and leave you, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Betty Squared. Bye. Bye.